Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. And I guess since she is my guest, uh, <laughs> to the extent that in our shared podcast, one of us brings a guest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this week, we have my my longtime friend, Christina, who I know from the ancient days of LiveJournal, who I actually met because of her podcast. I think one of the first podcasts that I ever listened to, uh, The Baker Street Babes, which was about Sherlock Holmes in general, and then ultimately about Sherlock, the TV series more specifically. And now here she is again on my podcast. So the circle closes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a really weird coincidence. And I really love that, especially considering that live journal comes up in our conversation. There's there's some kind of cosmic force, like cosmic podcast force going on here. <laughs> I was trying to like that pause was me trying to think of how to combine cosmic and podcast, but it uh, doesn't it doesn't work. No, pod cosmic. Print it. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> but yeah, she decided to talk about foreign musicals, which uh, sounds like a broad topic, but I had no idea where we were going with this because I mean like obviously you can imagine that like musicals are a like a form of media so that like every everyone's going to make them and so thusly foreign language musicals exist, but like yeah. I never thought about them as like a <laughs> thing i guess yeah i mean i think it's difficult to understand the concept of fandom for things that you didn't know there were was a fandom for like it's hard to abstract that strangely enough for people who are who are in fandoms i mean i had some experience a little bit because of following christina's escapades and also having some other friends who were interested in usually japanese uh musicals or in some friends who were diehards for um takarazuka and i helped them with their costumes but it's that feeling of when someone's in a fandom that you're not in for a thing that you don't really interact with and it's like they're over there in a corner in this pile of all of this stuff and you don't really understand why but you're just glad they're happy yeah <laughs> you, just don't, you just don't really completely get it but you can understand the the superficial trappings of fandom and you're like you know what good for you but you don't necessarily have the opportunity to delve into what the thing is or why they love it yeah and it's fun to like find out that those things a exist like and b are so deep and there's kind of like a i was about to say a contact high and that's not it but like <laughs> but like that excitement and being like oh yeah the like level of passion that i have for a thing someone else has for a thing that is like not even on my radar at all it's like exciting to realize that those things are out there um even if you do sometimes feel like the dad coming into the room like are you winning son like <laughs> it's kind of like finding a really cool store that you didn't know existed that sells things that you don't necessarily want to buy but you're just sort of glad that they're available like mm -hmm. i don't know like really expensive fancy lamps but you're not gonna buy one but you're like you know what i'm glad they're out there right or like those stores that sell like really elaborate pewter dragon statues <laughs> and it's like i don't have a use for this but i just appreciate that it exists i don't know that anybody has a use for fancy pewter <laughs> dragons i think people just buy them anyway and i have to be honest if i had the money and i had the opportunity that might happen <laughs> <laughs> We're going so, completely off track. Well, you know, uh, hey, dragons are our theme and dragons have hordes and That's hordes true. are the things that we love that we don't always share with other people, but we usually, <laughs> unlike dragons, are glad to be able to, which is why we're here. <laughs> Well, I guess then to bring it full circle once again, let's just go into our conversation.
Okay, so thank you so much for agreeing to come on. I know it was a slightly short notice, but we're really glad to have you. I'm happy to be here. It's it's all very casual. So um, just to start out, what we'll ask you to do is if you can introduce yourself and anything you want to share about who you are and what you do, and then just introduce your topic. My name is Christina Menenti. I am a writer, mostly for sci-fi, a audio engineer, mostly for audio dramas, and I am obsessed with foreign musicals. I'm so excited because Anne told me your topic and I didn't really even know what to make of that. So uh, could you give like a summary of what you mean by what you when you say foreign musicals? Um, for me, it's a musical that is not in English. So it started with French and then it progressed to German. And now I'm in a very intense Korean period of my life. Um, <laughs> but it's been all sorts like Hungarian, Russian, Japanese, just like any musical that's not in English. Yeah, Can you talk about how you initially got into this? Because this is not an easy thing to get into, right? No. Like... <laughs> it's very niche, um, niche, however you want to say it. Gosh. All right. So I guess going back, my sister and I, when we were like in high school, we're part of a, I guess, professional Shakespearean troupe, if you will. And it was called the Shakespeare Project and then the Maryland Shakespeare Festival. And at some point, this was in like the early days of YouTube, back when like YouTube, like 480p was like amazing. <laughs> we were just looking up Romeo and Juliet stuff. And I came across this French song and I was like, huh. And then it's like Romeo as Juliet. Like, uh, just Romeo and Juliet in French. And then we found out it was part of, like, a musical. And we were very intrigued. And I spent a lot of money to order the DVD from France. It luckily came with English subtitles, which is a rarity still to this day. But, like, we had run out of videos we could find on YouTube. So, like, we need to see the whole show. Like, this has to be a thing in our lives. So $45 later, in, like, three weeks for delivery, we get this DVD of Romeo and Juliet, the French edition. And we fell in love with it. I I can still like probably sing the songs with like a terrible accent um but it, it was ridiculous and like not garish but it was just very european if you will so i just started like googling it or binging it or whatever there was back in the day and i found out that there were other versions in different languages so there was romeo und julia that was in like german um there was a hungarian one there was a russian one i think it was like a finnish one or something i'm not sure so we watched some clips from like the German one and I was like, who is Luke in Permanschlager? He's great. <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked up him and then that that's how I found Elizabeth, which is like my eternal obsession of all foreign musicals and we can open that can of worms if you want but that's sort of like the origin story of how i got into it was like through shakespeare i was going to ask you about uh languages and and the language barrier but i think i'm realizing even before i have the chance to ask that question that crushing on cute people crosses all language barriers <laughs> it really does <laughs> like i think because romeo and juliet was such an easy one to sort of like start with yeah because yeah. I, we, I knew the story so like the subtitles and stuff like that was just sort of like an addition but like it followed the same story it was basically like when i got to like elizabeth and like other things i was like i have no idea what's going on but i still <laughs> love it like zero zero idea it's about like the austrian empress's obsession and affair with death and death is like an actual character and like that's sort of all i knew and then i would just like keep watching it like every clip i could find on youtube and then i found out they filmed a pro shot of it which i wish more 
more musicals and plays would do because guess what? I bought the DVD, but I've still seen the show a gazillion times in multiple countries. Like, so you're still making money. Yeah. Come on, Broadway. <laughs> oh my God. But I digress. <laughs> um, and like, it's still like, I didn't know the actual, well, I knew the lyrics because the DVD came with like a booklet that thankfully had the English lyrics in it for some reason. And um, I was like, yes, so that's like my first time actually knowing what they were singing. But I still like all the talking points still have no idea. So like, but it got me like interested in like German and like all the German I know is literally from Elizabeth. It's not super helpful in like normal <laughs> right. conversation because <laughs> right. <laughs> like you can say Benedictine Spiegelwehr to most people, which is like, could I be your mirror? Like it's just, <laughs> that's just strange to ask someone. <laughs> but I know how to say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious. Like, I think that's the thing I'm hung up on is like, how did you, um, I guess, sort of bridge the gap of like that understanding? Like, did you like go and like look up like the plot stuff? I feel like with a musical, like there's a, there's a level where you can like appreciate the music regardless of the language. But for like the middle part, it's like, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that because it, it took a while because I got like obsessed with it when I was like 17. And I didn't get the DVD until I was like a sophomore in college. I was like 19 or something. So like in that period in between, I, yeah, I would like try and find as much that I could. There were lots of like fan translations of people who had like fallen into this um, miasma of gloriousness with me. <laughs> and but like a lot of them were like, I don't really know German or like this is kind of like my best bet. Then um, there were some like Austrian and German fans that were part of like this international like Elizabeth musical community, which was kind of cool. And that was on like journal um i think it was called like florin underscores musicals or something like that but it was a very small community but it was a gold mine and so people would like post fan translations or just sort of like be posting pictures from like different versions because like in elizabeth there's the original 1992 austrian version that some people swear by but then there's like the essen version or the frankfurt version and like your loyalties lie in like certain <laughs> casts it got very very intense my elizabeth was the 2004 revival vienna version with mate cameras yeah so there were like fan translations and then when i found this one clip of Lucas playing the character of Rudolph, which is Elizabeth's son, um, who eventually like kills himself. And there's the whole thing that I was going to do like my thesis on. Like I got in deep, <laughs> but I was finding this clip, but I couldn't find like the full performance. And like these are all bootlegs. Like just saying, that's how this is how it rolls. And someone on this musical group mentioned that they had the show and they're like looking for trades etc i'm like i don't have anything to trade i don't have anything and sh but she was so excited that i was like this new young fan that she like burned them to a cd and sent it to me from like i think she sent it from somewhere in england i forget but i was like i got this like dvd in the mail that she had burned for me and i had the show and i was like oh my god and it was terrible quality bootleg, but it had Lucas in it, <laughs> which is what led me to the show in the first place. So, but yeah, like for, I guess for me, I don't necessarily need to know exactly what they're saying. Like I get a lot from like the emotions and this, what the performance is. I don't know if that's because I have like a theatrical background um, or if I am just more interested in like how the story is being presented and kind of figuring it out for myself. Like having the lyrics and stuff translated is, adds like a different layer of understanding, which is always great, but it's not like a necessity for me necessarily. And that's just a personal preference, I suppose. Well, I mean, people go and see opera and I think most mm -hmm. people when they 
they listen to opera, they don't actually understand. Like they they understand what's being sung because they have context for it, but they don't really. You know, that's not that's not really the goal. Is like to un- to understand the language. It's more about the emotion of it and how exactly. the how the how it's staged. So like, is there a specific aspect of them that you think you connected to the most? Like, are you more of a costumes and staging person, more of an acting person, um, like more into the music and the sound of the music? Do you think that you seize on to any one element more than the combination of them? That's a good question. Gosh, I think it depends on the show because there's definitely been shows where I'm like, the staging is amazing and I'm not really like paying too much attention to the actors. I'm like looking at like their sets and stuff. But I think overall, I think it's the vocals and the acting more than anything else because you can be in like a black box theater but if you are acting really well or projecting a certain emotion that's really resonating that's all you really need so the rest is literally like window dressing especially coming from an acting background like it it must be interesting to see performances with some of the context of the language stripped out for you that like you experience the emotions of the performance in a different in a different way you know kind of like watching you know or something like that where there's there's some other limitation on on how the performance can function there may be some interesting illumination of the technical side um and the art side of the performance from that i wonder yeah for specifically like elizabeth there's a lot of like metaphorical stuff which you didn't necessarily need the language for like you could see it and put it together and that was sort of like another layer that like really drew me specifically to that show i was like this is so fucking clever can we swear on your show yes (laughs) okay (laughs) i need to start saying fuck yes when people ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure if this is too early to ask this question, but I think what I'm most curious about is like, does this type of passion that you have for these foreign language musicals, are you like passionate about musicals in general? Or is, or is there like, what's the element about it being like from a place other than Broadway or, or wherever mm-hmm. other productions of musicals happen in the United States? Um, or I guess in England, because that's, you know what I mean? But, yeah. <laughs> but like, what is it about it being like a foreign language musical that really draws you in like do you have that same type of like passion for musicals in english like i like musicals in english but i find the stories abroad are so much more rich and intricate Mm. and they take more risks and they're more willing to be more abstract which i really enjoy in like the art that i consume Mm. um i feel like american musicals are they're not like stripped down but they're made more for the general public so they can literally be for anyone and they're not too difficult to understand or etc i guess in my experience musicals um and shows that i've seen abroad they just they look more at like the artistry of it and they're more willing to just kind of be like this is a musical weird stuff's gonna happen and <laughs> it's gonna be cool <laughs> do you think that that's potentially a cultural difference between you know america and the rest of the world or do you think that it's more closely related to broadway kind of being this juggernaut that it's hard to get around like it's almost like the studio system with movies you know that there's this one outlet that's sort of where all of the shows are supposed to wind up that's controlled by relatively few people and certainly a lot of money how would say it's a combination of the both yeah like because like main you think of like mainstream american media like it's all going to sort of fit into a certain box or maybe two different boxes like it's not going to go too far out of the lines um and sometimes it will and it's it's successful and sometimes it's a cult classic etc etc but yeah like i think it also is a very much so a cultural thing like especially with like french musicals like they're 
weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I say that with fondness, but they're weird. And like with Japanese and Korean, like there's always that a slight traditional element to some of them in a way, especially in the performance. Um, and then yeah, with German, they can also be a bit weird. The Austrian ones, they can be yeah, European <laughs> in general. I love Europe, but it, sometimes you're just kind of like, oh, that was a choice. <laughs> so I, I kind of I want to circle back just a little bit to the idea of being in in a community for this otherwise fairly obscure interest on live journal and and how that affected your participation in it like do you do you feel like some of your interest in it was either fueled or limited by having it be this kind of weird contraband thing that people <laughs> didn't know about like was that a, a barrier was it was it you know like tantalizing because of that i thought it was quite exciting because <laughs> like i was a lonely child i was a super introvert i did not have many friends so i found a lot of like my friends and my community online and this was just like another facet of that because like I role played a lot on Gaia Online. Shout out to Gaia and like the guilds and stuff. And I would introduce a lot of them to like these musicals because I thought they were cool. And a lot of them would like shared my interests or like were curious about it because I would not shut up. <laughs> so they're like, okay, what is this? And we actually did like a DVD exchange. So I would send like one of my like legit or bootleg DVDs and like mail it to different people. Like we never met in person. We only knew each other in these like forums, but it was really cool. And I actually found like the little slip of paper from like 2002, I think, that had like the little like, make sure you mail this to the right address, da 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 da, hope you enjoy this. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and everyone was so nice in it. Like sometimes people get heated about like their specific cast that they really liked, but overall it was a very welcoming community. And there's like dregs of it that still exist, like on Tumblr. If you go through like the tags, I occasionally find things and I'm like, oh my God, you still exist. This is so cool. <laughs> or like on YouTube, people like will have like uploaded clips or something and they're like looking for trades. Like they still do that. But with a lot of like the musicals, especially like the European ones, um, they do have like DVDs and stuff out so you can get the pro shot. And so people are still like really excited about the show, but they have like the official like really nice HD thing that they can enjoy over and over again, which is nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that a lot of younger people know about how different fan communities were when you had to rely so heavily on bootlegs and not not because you couldn't afford or didn't want to pay for an official version but because it was the only access and and the idea of forming relationships via trading this contraband material <laughs> with other people i think i think this is probably a strange concept to people who are younger smuggling foreign musicals across yeah. country lines <laughs> yeah i was going to say i this whole concept of like mailing dvds like it's i'm <laughs> so like warmed by it because I've never that's I was pretty early on in the like sort of like oh we had to watch anime in three parts on YouTube at like 360p yep, yep, yep. but like that's even like before that and I'm just like that's so cool it's so sweet like thinking back on it and just like people just had like blind trust be like yeah I'll give you my address so we can share this thing that we both like maybe like in hindsight and be like oh ooh, that was a choice but like nothing <laughs> bad came from it so that was kind of nice to be fair that would have been a really weird grift yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna pretend to be really into this very obscure foreign musical just to get your address. Like, oh my god, that would be a very like I admire that dedication. If that was the case, yeah, right? yeah. it's almost impressive. <laughs> I'm curious what because um, you said you've traveled and like seen these like like seen them like in person. Like what sort of got you over that? Like 
okay, and now we're going to actually travel and see these things. Like, what was that sort of step like? Um, well, I got the travel bug fairly early on. Like, I did um, a May term, we called it. It was like two weeks of my sophomore year. I went to Barcelona for, like, study medieval things, but really we just drank sangria and took <laughs> photos. Um, <laughs> hey, Dr. Chandler. <laughs> and it was amazing. Like, it was my first time really traveling. Like, I'd been to, like, the Caribbean or stuff, but, like, nothing really else. And I was just like, this is great. So then I did a semester abroad in London. And that's when, like, from back in back in the day, it's when Ryanair was, like, really cheap and you could, like, fly to Italy for $2. Like, it was ridiculous. So, like, I would just go everywhere. And so by the time that, like, Elizabeth was playing again, it was, like, a no-brainer. Like, I was living in London at the time and I was like, I'm going to Vienna. This is happening. So, like, I went and I queued for, like, a day ticket and I got it. And, like, the ent- as soon as I was, like, walking up to the theater like my heart just started like racing i was like i'm actually gonna see this show in person oh my god and like i cried through the entire thing (laughs) but it was amazing so i didn't see anything else for a while just because i was back in the states and i was like "Uh, well flying off to see one show is a little crazy that hasn't (laughs) stopped me in the past few years however (laughs) because like sort of to like connect these points after i had like uh, watched a ton and ton of Elizabeth things. I was looking up the different versions because they've done this show in like a gazillion different places like Norway, Hungary, Japan. Like Japan's obsessed with it. They do a uh, show every year of Elizabeth with the Takarazuka crew. Yeah, yeah, that's how I've heard of it because I had some friends who were really into that. Yeah, Takarazuka is amazing. And I found like a Korean version. I was like, I haven't heard this one before. And I was watching it on YouTube and I was like, who the fuck is this guy who is playing death? I was like he is like what like his voice is very unique he was like moving like a cat like i was like oh my god he's in leather and i can't deal with this <laughs> so i look up the guy and his name is kim junsu and i went down this rabbit hole that i have yet to recover from and he was a well he I guess he technically still is um a k-pop star he was part of like this huge group that like split and it was this big thing and they sued their company and it's why there's no slave contracts anymore in korea crazy but he, he was sort of blocked from performing by his former company because they were so powerful for years like till to this day it's been 10 fucking years it's ridiculous but the only way he could get on stage again was through musicals and he had like the strongest vocals in his group and so they're like hey do you want to do this and then he did and it just it's amazing he's phenomenal so he's primarily a musical actor now so he did elizabeth and he was the first k-pop idol to win best actor award for any korean musical ever i went down this whole rabbit hole i got into his music and i eventually ended up moving to korea and i was able to actually see him perform in a musical i saw dorian gray which is an original korean musical i actually will say it's probably the best adaptation of dorian gray i've ever seen because one dorian was actually blonde and <laughs> two like they just were whoever wrote it um really loved the material and really used it so like i lived in korea for two years and then i came back and he had done his military service while i was there because that's mandatory for all korean males and i started on twitter and was like he's gonna do elizabeth after he comes back he's gonna do elizabeth i'm like mm-hmm. don't you fucking dare <laughs> like like i'm here in the u.s like no 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 and guess that that came out and i screamed and they probably heard me in korea and 
<laughs> I literally flew to Korea in January. Oh my God, was it earlier this year? Yes, it was this January. Oh my God. <laughs> for a week. And I saw him and Elizabeth four times. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because like, he was like the one, like, like his music that just helped me through a lot of stuff. And Elizabeth was my favorite show. And it was this beautiful combination. And I went with my Korean friend Jihae. And she just like held my hand at the beginning. She's like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so good and I spent so much money, but it was honestly like one of the best um, experiences ever. And it was like this culmination of like everything that I loved. And yeah, so I have traveled a lot. Like I went back this summer to go see him and Excalibur and I was only in Korea for five days then. Um, so I'm a little hardcore, but <laughs> it's stuff that I love and I still have friends there and I kind of try and justify it that way. <laughs> Are the other people in your life relatively supportive of this? Like, do you have people who are like, oh, you're going to Korea again for another <laughs> musical? Like, do they give you a hard time? No, because one, that means I can bring them back, like, skincare stuff. Because, <laughs> like, my mom is addicted to the certain, like, luxury line that you can only get in Korea and the certain tea you can only get in Korea. So she's like, oh, you're going back? Can you get me these things? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, like, especially with, like, Elizabeth, like, my mom and my sister just, like, know about this part of my life and like i've had my mom send me whenever i was living abroad i'm like can you send me my elizabeth poster she's like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> like you're in grad school like you need this poster i'm like i need the poster mom <laughs> I need this poster. When I like posted pictures of me like at the theater seeing Elizabeth for the first time, they were both like, I'm so happy for you. And I'm like, Aww. yay. So like, I'm very lucky in that regard that no one's really giving me a hard time. Like my friends in Korea that I've gone to musicals with, like they've come willingly. Um, I've not <laughs> had to drag them. And it's always been like a really fun time. There are some people who are like, you really love that, don't you? And I'm like, yeah. But it's like not judgmental. There's kind of like, yeah. I don't get it, but I'm glad that you do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have a question. I think it's a difficult question to ask because I think that sometimes these things are very hard to pin down. But since you've had the opportunity to be familiar with with shows and and like really familiar with uh, with this one show in particular, and then have the opportunity to see an actor that you were really familiar with perform it live, like can you talk about um, how your relationship with this show has changed or how it changes in the moment, like when you're seeing someone's performance live for the first time? Like I will always say that if you have the opportunity to see live theater do it because it is an entirely different experience like you can listen to a show like tons and tons of times like on a cd or mp3 player watching it on youtube but like actually being there in the moment it is just like an experience and like if anything it's made me love the show more because each performance will be different that's the magic of live theater so like every time you're going to notice something different there's going to be different nuances and it's just going to help you like enrich the world help you appreciate it more um yeah it's just like happy brain candy really unless you <laughs> see a show that's kind of bad which i have and you're just like oh god that's <laughs> three hours and 150 dollars on my life <laughs> oh no <laughs> but like it happens more often than not it won't What's the weirdest show you've ever seen abroad? <laughs> now I'm curious. Oh my god. Not the worst, the weirdest. The weirdest. Okay, so I was visiting a friend in Vienna and we went to see it was Romeo and Juliet. We're like, oh, we know the show. Cool. It was like this quad it was like an operetta, but it was just it was like this weird post-apocalyptic thing. And like there was just a lot of nudity that <laughs> like okay. random and scenes that like it made no sense. They would just start taking off their clothes. And I'm like, 
why? <laughs> like, Gosh. I mean, I guess go you, but I don't understand, like, the reasoning here. Like, <laughs> what was the director's thinking? <laughs> and, like, it was also super weird, like, at the part where, like, Juliet's dad is, like, scolding her and being like, you're not my daughter, da, da, da. Like, he raped her, mm. like, on the oh, stage. Gosh. Yeah, it was wow, like, okay. and it was like one of those things, like, after the show ended, my friend and I didn't even look at each other. We just left the theater and didn't talk about the show. Oh, like, wow. It was just one of those, like, uh, and, like, it also ended, like, everyone was naked and, like, they were entering, like, hell. Like, it was very Whoa. art with a capital a that's also italicized and bolded like someone had like a vision and it was their vision and yeah that that's the weirdest thing i've ever seen oh boy now now i feel like we have to ask the flip side question of whether there are any particular shows or particular performances that stand out with something like really unique in a positive way (laughs) like something that surprised you but you were happy about instead of people just kind of taking their clothes off when a scene got a little slow yeah (laughs) it was so Weird. I guess on the flip side, there'd be there'd be two. One is from the Dorian Gray musical because it was my first one that I saw in Korea, and I had no idea what to expect. Like it's a generally socially conservative country still, but they decided to go with the plotline that Basil is in love with Dorian, and they played off of that in a really good way. Like not good because poor Basil's being taken like advantage of because Dorian's you know awful human, but they actually played with that, and there was a kiss, and there was like actual like flirtation and like it really surprised me coming from korea seeing that so that was like a nice surprise um also when i saw my sister is an actress and when she was doing her studies she really got into takarazuka she thought it was amazing so when i was living in japan i had them come visit and i got her takarazuka tickets to see casablanca and if you don't know anything about takarazuka it's essentially an all-female theatrical musical troupe you can either decide to become like a male performer and you are trained from like since you were a teenager up until like your 20s how to like perform like a man stand like a man sing like a man or you can decide to become a female singer and like all the femininity is heightened so with Casablanca it was like so it was a show that we were familiar with so because like my Japanese was like okay but like I wasn't be able to like understand that and my mom and my sister would obviously have no clue what was going on so we like Casablanca we all know this, this show great and at the end of every Casablanca show there's something called the review and it's basically then they put on showgirl outfits with like feathers and do like this sort of like weird summary of the show but with you know lights and sparkles and sequins and it's amazing <laughs> and like if you don't expect it you're like what <laughs> like feather headdresses like this is nothing like what i was expecting <laughs> like what just happened it was so nice and it was also really cool to just see how they play with like the gender roles and everything because again japan's still relatively a socially conservative country but like for some reason like theater gets a buy in these societies and that's where everything starts and as you know i think like one ward in like Shibuya now you can have gay marriage in Tokyo things are like slowly you know crawling back towards like modernity if you will but yeah that was like really delightful and unexpected and the most wonderful way like here's looking at you kid sparkles (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I think it's a it's an art form that's very difficult to explain to people until you show them pictures because (laughs) whatever they're picturing it's much sparklier than that very much so yeah I was gonna say this is like that's news to me I would have been surprised (laughs) like like, i was like oh yeah casablanca i know that oh wait excuse me what as you're explaining it i was like 
double taking because I was like, that's sure. But I love it so much. (laughs) I feel like I'm worried this is going to step on like a hypothetical my Anne might have later, but I still want to ask it. (laughs) (laughs) Now ask your question. Is there a show that you want to see or like a country you've never visited that you want to like see a show in? Oh yeah, I would love to see any sort of like Hungarian production because again, like a lot of sequins in Hungarian productions. I don't know why, but they love (laughs) glitter and they love like they have a flair for the dramatic of like everything I've seen like Romeo and Juliet, Elizabeth. There's like an offshoot musical of just about Rudolph called Last Kiss. Anything that at time I've seen like clips of Hungarian shows, I'm like, oh my God, that is beautiful. (laughs) Like very much so like super extravagant. And it just seems like it would be a lot of fun and interesting like why they do that. I don't know. But I think maybe actually seeing it, you kind of get a good idea, maybe, or just be like, that's that's glittery. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Since you've seen different kinds of productions, like aesthetically different productions in different countries of different shows, like, is there a a through line for you at all of the kinds of performances that you like the best? Like, are there certain types of stories or types of presentations that you connect with more deeply than the others? Like, is there something you can identify there that's similar about them? Or is it just sort of that lightning in a bottle? it's it just happens i would say the shows that i've really connected with the most are all seem to be like historical i think it just comes from my love of history i was a history major history nerd to the t like i'm like looking at my like dvd cases and it's like there's one about you know louis the 14th there's like two about mozart like so (laughs) for the record like mozart lopper rock like the french one weird show music is amazing (laughs) like that was one of the things that like i listened to the songs and the they like france puts out these amazing music videos for all of their musicals they are stunning they are nothing like the show (laughs) and i found this out like for like all the songs for like this rock opera i was like oh my god i can't wait to get this so like i bought the dvd without seeing any clips of the actual show like that's how sure I was that the show is going to be amazing and I'm watching it by myself and I'm just like oh no (laughs) (laughs) like it wasn't bad but I'm like this is not what I expected and it wasn't as like engaging as like the songs by themselves were and not how I was imagining like the staging and stuff would be but yeah they all seem to be like rooted in like history and kind of have that like old world like they can kind of base it on reality but also kind of like add their own like you know musical magic to it so we talked a little bit about uh your past in this fandom community and we've talked a little bit about the present but how does this express itself as part of your life right now like is this something that is kind of always there is it something that you remember about from time to time and you go down the rabbit hole can you talk about just sort of what this is to you in your daily life um so my bedroom is covered in musical posters so i see it every single day (laughs) it's slightly excessive because i have like three elizabeth ones like i don't need three elizabeth posters but i have three elizabeth posters and then there's like postcards and stuff from like you know the merch booth at the theaters of like getting little tidbits so yeah like even i think it's maybe like subconsciously that every day i notice something i'm like oh look there's a poster yay when i'm feeling it's 
so weird but when i'm like feeling like down or something i listen to like um my favorite elizabeth song which is die shot and verden langer like the shadows grow longer the song itself is not particularly happy it's about like <laughs> death convincing rudolph to rebel against his father which ends up in his suicide hmm. so like it's not not a solid pick-me-up really <laughs> no but for some reason like it's like the first three notes like just get me and like yes and it's always like the highlight of like the second act like everyone's like this song and the choreography is always like super interesting like it's a big moment in the show and for some reason like it's always just like i'm so attached to this one song so like i'll listen to it like relatively often even if it's like for part of it or you know like in the background or something so yeah it's always it's always lingering in the corners (laughs) so you said you have a lot of posters is is this something where have you done stage door i'm just curious if there's like a stage door situation in other countries (laughs) there is ish so it depends on i would say definitely depends on the country um and also like how popular the actor is because if they are too popular a lot of the time they just won't do stage door because this is particularly um in korea like you cannot stage door jinsu like he has bodyguards that lead him to his car and there's always like at least like 50 people waiting just to like film him going to his car on their phone like it's insane so like i've never done that because i'm just like no i'm not doing I did think about waiting at the stage door for Elizabeth when I was in Vienna because they I had seen like on the social medias that they did come out and like sign autographs or take pictures but I chickened out when I lived in London I would stage door occasionally but most of the time I was like too chicken or there were like too many people I'm like I'm not dealing with that or I was like it's okay i really enjoyed the show but i'm going to catch the last train home now so i don't have any signatures from oh wait no that's a lie (laughs) i do have um (laughs) i saw the bridges of madison county musical in korea and whoa (laughs) yes that's a thing i was in front row it was great especially when he took off his shirt um i did get parkunte's signature for a friend um because she really loved him and she's from honduras and she obviously can't go to korea so i got that for her and he was super kind um he's really popular so i was surprised that he came out but there's like a very orderly line it was very nice and i said that like i was an american and thank you like in really bad korean and he said thank you back and he signed it and went on my merry way and mostly it's especially like in foreign countries where there's a very like homogenous society they're like who's the foreign chick yeah (laughs) why is she here like that's happened so many times but it's like also kind of cool because you see like look this music this musical this actor whatever like spans beyond these borders so it's kind of cool whenever i would see like another like westerner at these musicals in korea like i would be like oh my god look it's another person. It's not just me. <laughs> I got so excited. I would never go up to them because I am an awkward social creature, but I would secretly be very excited and I'd probably tweet about it. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to ask the give me a question that it, like surprisingly neither of us asked. Have you ever like tried to learn a language because of your interest <laughs> in uh, foreign musicals? Yeah. <laughs> 
like I said, like all of my German comes from Elizabeth and yeah. trying to figure out the lyrics. I did live in Korea for two years and I wouldn't say I was like conversational, but like I understood more than I could speak. Like at the beginning, like with Dorian Gray, no idea what they were saying. Like I knew the story, so like I got the gist. Um, and only recently did I actually get to see the show like with subtitles. Um, but the cool thing is because it was an original production, they actually gave out the script. It was all in Korean. And so my friend Jihei, she translated the entire script. So that was really cool. Like you'd like go back and read and be like, oh, that's what he was saying. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> that moment. So like by the time like that I was ending my time in Korean, the, the times I've gone back now, I understood a lot more. It was funny when I saw Elizabeth in Korean, I was singing the songs in German in my head. Because <laughs> like that's how I knew the show. Like I knew the German like lyrics. I knew what they was meant. So I was like, I'm just assuming it's the same, like changed a little bit just because how languages are and like there's some things that just aren't translatable. But it was really funny. Like at intermission, I'm like, I keep like wording the songs in German. She's like, yeah, I know to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the related question is definitely, have you tried to sing these musicals in, in another language? Only to myself very badly. <laughs> and if like it's, if I'm seeing like the show itself and I know it, like I'll mouth them like occasionally, but like I know that can like, like mouth noises and whatever. Like I don't want to like disturb anyone, but like definitely in my head, I'm like singing along <laughs> in whatever language it might be. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we usually ask people about how an interest has affected their sort of career path or their life path. I'm not quite sure if there's going to be like a really close connection there, but I think it's still worth asking whether or not <laughs> whether or not this has um, informed your life and how. Uh, I think not like direct. Yeah. Um. I it's definitely kept like my interest in theater and stuff alive, and I think me going to shows, um, especially like foreign shows, has increasingly like brought in like my mind just by traveling more and like understanding how different countries like perform different shows. Because now I do like a lot of audio dramas and stuff, so that's I think me having seen those shows and had those experiences definitely helps me be a better producer in a way we'll, we'll make that link it's a thin link but we'll make it. <laughs> uh, so, so typically what we also ask people is like if you had to um like obviously like kind of the show is is in a way a very long elevator pitch on a very in a very tall building uh <laughs> but if you had to like sort of elevator pitch your topic to to like someone either a friend who may have never heard of any of these musicals what would you kind of say to sort of be like hey give this a shot like check this out or something like that all right well i've had to do this multiple times um to convince people i wasn't crazy <laughs> um and i'll just go with elizabeth because that's the one that i've had to do the most often i say it's like okay there's an empress she hates her life but she has a love affair with death and he's sexy and they sing and there's lots of cool shit how about that <laughs> and it usually works i was gonna say that sold me so it's a strong pitch yeah, <laughs> yeah i think i think most people's question immediately after that would be how can i see this right away um, right so yeah. i think that's good so emily <laughs> you thought you sabotaged my hypothetical but <laughs> I cannot be stopped, apparently. <laughs> I feel like I've jinxed myself now by saying that. But yeah, I, I do have a hypothetical. I, I, I do think I may know the answer already, but but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you have 
a dream production, uh, like some show that maybe it doesn't even exist yet. It doesn't have to be something that you already know about that you've already seen that you have a dream cast for, like even even or just the leading man. Like, do you know, do you fantasize about like, this is the show that I would like to see this person in that you haven't had the chance to yet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so one Broadway musical that I deeply love is The Scarlet Pimpernel. And it is delightful. It's by um, the same people who did like Jekyll and Hyde, Frank Wildhorn. Um, so it has a very distinct sound. But it is just so great. If you know anything about The Scarlet Pimpernel, like Sir Percy Blakeney, best character in all of literature. And I desperately, desperately want Jinsu to do it because he doesn't get to do comedy very often. And I think it would be a very interesting stretch for him. And as opposing him in Chavlan, there's an actor called um, Hong Kong Ho, and he has this astounding voice he was on um in the west end in miss saigon he was the first like korean actor to like go to the west end and it was a big thing and he did um death note the musical which exists with jinsu so they've already worked together they work really well off of each other and i would just love that to happen (laughs) and like anytime everyone's like i wonder what musical he's gonna do next i'm like do the fucking Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> Please just do this for me. I will like he already gave me Elizabeth and I feel like I can't ask her anything else, but do the Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> like I would just love to see that show live because I never have. I've only ever listened to the soundtracks or seen like really bad clips on YouTube. Cause it like it was like nineteen ninety-eight or something. So and they just haven't done it since because I guess it didn't really sell well, but the show's so great. It's so funny and like come on i just need to see the show because i did it in like high school i was like on the tech crew but that doesn't count (laughs) i want to see it performed for me not to me (laughs) performing part of it (laughs) well now now it's uh now it's out there in the universe it's in this podcast and from this podcast straight to god's ears i guess i don't know how that works (laughs) let's say let's say yes the the musical god's ears I really hope your dream comes true. Like, just by your passion for it, I really want it to come true. Like, I want you to have this experience. That's one of the fastest answers to a hypothetical, I think, that we've ever gotten. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You already I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> and, like, if it dev- ever does happen, like, you will know because I will just explode on social media. Like, oh we'll my hear God. the scream. <laughs> yes, you will. Well, thank you so much for um, coming on and sharing this with us. This was delightful. <laughs> I'm glad I entertained you. (laughs) Um, Where can people find you on social media? Do you have any projects that you want to plug? Uh, This is your space, so feel free to use it. I practically live on Twitter at Curly4Eyes, and I made that name so no one ever can make fun of me. I do audio drama... All my shows have either wrapped up or or are wrapping up. If you are a Star Wars fan, um, What the Force podcast has an audio drama called Fangirls. The last episode comes out on Thursday, so Halloween. So depending on when this comes up. It'll be in the past. <laughs> in the past. But you can, it's an eight-part audio drama. It's very fun. It's about sort of female friendship and fandom. It's very good. Um, also, Calling Darkness which is when six women accidentally summon a demon. It's a horror comedy podcast. It is delightful from the some of the writers from No Sleep Podcast. So if you like slightly creepy things that have like vibrator jokes, you should listen <laughs> to that. And otherwise, yeah, all my stuff is at christinamenenti.me. And 
Yeah, and I also have a really cute dog. I was going to say, if you didn't say that, that you also have a really <laughs> cute dog. <laughs> I didn't mention Basil. <laughs> Important information. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much again. This was Yeah, this thank was you. Great. Thank you. This was fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, hit us up there or at our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com. Or fly to Korea to see the obscure musical based on this episode about musicals. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Or burn a bootleg CD of our greatest hits and mail it to an internet stranger. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy. Thank you.